Welcome to the Equipped Podcast, where corporate woman Cassie Duke and college basketball coach Clarice Garcia help you uncover what God's Word says about who you are and His promises for you. This podcast is a journey to equip and empower you to operate and thrive in your God-given identity. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Equipped Podcast this week with uh, myself, Cassie View, awesome, wonderful Jesus friend, Clarice Garcia. Uh, as always, we are excited to be here with you guys. So thankful that you take the time to listen in to hear what God has to say through this podcast. So, hey, Clarice, how are you? Hey, I'm so wonderful. I was just so blessed by um, everything that God showed us last week and leading even into yeah. this week. So much more content, and I think that's what makes me most excited is just the book, the Bible. It's such a living word, and even the passages we've read over and over and over again, he just seems to illuminate something new every single time, and I'm so grateful for that, and I'm grateful for Holy Spirit who does that in us and through us and through the living word. Absolutely, and it makes it, you know, this book, the Bible, I'm sitting here looking at my actual paper one. Many mm-hmm. of you may use your app, but either way, you know, to know that this word, like Corey said, is a living word and it's constantly speaking into areas of your life. And as you're studying it, I know in my experience, I can read something <laughs> from five years ago or today um, and get something different out of it. I actually, Clarice, write uh, the month and year mm-hmm. next to verses as I study yes. them. Um, so when I look back and see, oh, I say that in 2015 and see the mm-hmm. difference and what the Lord's speaking to me through that to see my growth in him, et cetera. Um, it's a really smart way to study. And I know you as the person who loves <laughs> just words in general, um, I know you absolutely love that when you're doing your studies. Oh, well, and I do. And I, and it's interesting. <clears throat> you talk about writing um, dates and I do, I write dates um, in my journaling Bible, I have large extra margins on the side because obviously I love words Mm -hmm. and writing and journaling and all that. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it gives me an opportunity to, like you said, kind of put um, days and months and years on certain passages. And it's cool to go back when God gives you something a couple years ago and then he brings you back full circle to that scripture, I don't know, a year or two or five later. And you think back to that moment and you're just like, wow, God, that was a long time ago, but here we are again, and let's revisit it. And what more do you want to show us? Um, which is neat because I think today, um, you know, pulling from the book of Ephesians, um, you know, going to be talking about four years for you based off of passages out of Ephesians. And we're going to start in four today, but, you know, as with anything to get context, we really do encourage you guys to go back and start, um, just in Ephesians one and, you know, kind of read your way through it too. four, but, um, Cassie, I think one thing that we can learn from, you know, Paul who wrote this is just that he was sold out for God. And yeah. when he talks about his experiences and, and we're going to read in, in one here that he urges us, I think it's neat to know that he is imploring and entreating and instructing. And I love the visual that it gives when he implores us to do something or urges us to do something. Um, it really, that visual is to call to one side and to summon so that you can be encouraged and strengthened. Um, so yeah, Cassie, would you love to read from Ephesians uh, 4, 1 through 3 for us? Because those are going to be the passages we're going to study today. 
You know I would. Thanks. So let's go. Like Clarissa, this is written by Paul, the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. And it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Awesome. And I think that's so neat because he does, he talks, he talks so willingly and he writes so willingly just to always encourage those. And it's neat because he wrote such a good portion of the New Testament and he did. so many great books and so many great um, uh, ways that he does. He calls us to this calling and knowing that we're to walk this life of righteousness. And that's nothing more than to just walk in the way of the Lord. Um, and I love when he talks about walking in this worthy manner, and it really means to make use of, uh, make due use of opportunities about how we're conducting our lives. And not only does he then address, you know, the calling that we have, you know, whether that's on our life in, in one capacity or another, but it's also really about the invitation to embrace salvation, um, and we'll get into that a little bit further, but I love to where we just get to, t- we, we just get to understand with him, um, being humble and gentle and patient and this bond, you know, he talks about mm-hmm. then being unified in the spirit. And, you know, you and I talk about that all the time about this, this Holy, the Holy spirit that lives in us and works in us and through us, but just this bond. And it's such that visual of in the same way that ligaments um, of the human body unify it and bundle and bind the body together so that we're all one coherent piece. So it's, it's incredible. And just as I was reading it, what jumped off the page, the first sentence, and it says, he's saying as a prisoner for the Lord Mm -hmm. and guys, he's not talking metaphorically Mm -hmm. here. Like Paul was in prison Mm -hmm. (laughs) in chains. And this is a prison back in his day, not now. (laughs) Uh, Some comfort, like literally, (laughs) yes, very uncomfortable spot. And he's still sitting here telling us live a life worthy of the calling, be humble, gentle, patient, bearing with one another, um, unity in the spirit and talk about a circumstance that he probably could be justified in not speaking that. But as Clarice said in the beginning, Paul sent here sold out for Christ. Mm -hmm. This is his direction for us. So Clarice, Mm -hmm. that just um, was highlighted to me as we talked through the four U's that we see in these scriptures to think of, you know, our context of today, what we're walking out and then thinking about what Paul was doing when he um, implored us to do this. So it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Well, that leads definitely into what would be the first you, um, you know, which we pull from this passage is just the, the uniqueness of who we are as he's talking about walking in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called. We are truly unique in that one. Yes. God created us you and I individually as being the only one that we're never going to be too alike here with a specific purpose. And you Cassie are here for a specific person and every single person listening is created for a specific purpose and encouraging you guys to go back um, to the beginning of Ephesians and read through, because when you look back at Ephesians 2.10, Paul says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
And as Christians, you know, we are called to this calling. And when we accept and receive that salvation, we have a new role and it's a unique role, which means we are truly set apart. Um, You know, we are called out of darkness and brought then forth into light and we are children of light. And, you know, you even look back in John talking about now this new role um, in John fifteen nineteen, it says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about this walk and this, the walking through life as a Christian is just that some people can't appreciate this uniqueness because they don't yet know they haven't yet been, um, haven't yet either received salvation or haven't yet been illuminated in their mind of, of who God is or who he is for them. Um, and sometimes we get either ridiculed because what we do and how we live is so often countercultural. Um, you even look at Romans 12, one and two and, right there where there's even appeal again to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. Therefore we should not be, and it says do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our minds that by testing, we may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable and perfect. Um, So just knowing that we are, not to be um, of this, we are in this world, but not to be of this world. And so that's why Paul is urging us to walk in this uniqueness. He is. And uh, as you read Romans 12, 1, you know, he starts off, I appeal, mm-hmm. just like in Ephesians 4, 1, he says, I urge. So it's still that strong yeah. um, recommendation. It's not like slightly saying, Hey, you might want to do this. It's like, (laughs) I am saying to be successful in your walk with Christ, Mm -hmm. this is what you need to do. And he knows it because he did it. Um, Romans 12, one and two is so phenomenal. Um, you know, that fits so many circumstances, but in talking about our individual uniqueness and how God made us, as you said, we are the only one like us. Mm -hmm. Um, and how that's what we're called to walk out. You know, this whole conversation of walking yeah. in the, um, in a manner worthy of your calling. We are not to hide back the uniqueness that God gave us, even when it's not accepted by the world. You know, he directs us here. Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We've talked about this yeah. before, but that word transform is translated into metamorphosis. Like this mm-hmm. isn't like, okay, I'm gonna make a slight adjustment but nobody's really going to tell the difference. No, no, this is full transformation into who he's called you to be. So likely you won't look like what you used to. I know for sure, Clarice, I didn't. Um, And it's this continual process as well. So yes, you have this one time kind of transformation going from the old to new, um, but it's this constant transforming. Like we're talking about the constant study of the word in that, it's not one and done right. that daily we're being transformed because the world's coming at us daily saying, don't be unique. Don't stand out. Don't walk right. in your calling, conform, be like everybody else. This is the cool stuff to do, if you will. Mm-hmm. And in this uniqueness, Clarice, I love that you're calling it out that we are to stand out in a way um, that Christ has called us to. Absolutely. Stand out and then also not compare. Um, because oh, yes. we each have a distinct role. And in First Corinthians twelve fourteen, you can read all the way 14 through probably 27. It talks about the body of Christ. 
Um, and it says the body does not consist of one member, but many. And it talks about, you know, if you're, you can't all, you can't be the eye and the hand, you know, one has to be all, you know, one each has its own role and staying out of that comparison game because, mm-hmm. you know, God is specifically calling us to this uniqueness to be set apart, but then also with how he's created us as operating then within the body of Christ with that unique function. So Absolutely. And guys, hear what Clarice just said. Like comparison is one of the quickest ways to get yeah. discouraged, um, hesitant, not assured of what you're doing because you're, it's not even an apples to apples comparison. Like Clarice just said, you're comparing yourself to somebody who has a different calling and different yeah. purpose than you. And let's be real for a minute. I've tried <laughs> to walk out things that I wasn't called to and it didn't go well. Yeah, there's not, <laughs> there's no grace for it. You just right. don't have the grace for it yet. You don't feel that anointing. You don't feel that grace versus the times when you are walking out mm-hmm. what he's called you to do. And you can feel his spirit and his Absolutely. anointing and this supernatural ability beyond your own. And you're like, wow, like this is what he's purposed me for. That is a very good feeling. Absolutely. So that's, you know, Paul talking here, that's talking about uniqueness. Let's talk about the second you, Clarice, yeah. and unselfishness. Oh. Yeah, that may hit you. You mean not a little different? On myself, <laughs> exactly. Talk about counter, not even cultural counter. How we're kind of our flesh is naturally, but unselfishness is the quality of not putting yourself first, but being willing to give your time, money, effort for others. Or you can even say generous. Oftentimes yeah. we hear generous, we think financially, and that can be part of it. But it's also generous with your time, with your effort. Um, inconveniencing yourself is something I think I want to hear unselfishness because if we yield just to our flesh our we are so naturally Mm. self-focused you know human nature is actually built for Mm self-preservation you know so this is very unnatural to be unselfish so let's hear a couple verses about Mm -hmm. it and then we'll talk a little bit more so of course we just read it in Ephesians 4 2 where he's directing us to be completely humble and gentle (laughs) And not just a little bit, like full humility, mm. full gentleness with one another. Be patient. It's mm. also another unpopular term sometimes. And I like this, Clarice. It says bearing with one another in love. Yeah. So it's not just not putting yourself first, but it's actually bearing with others the things mm. that might be uncomfortable or hard. Like you are walking with your brother or sister and you're bearing yeah. that in love. And this is that agape love, which yeah. we'll talk about in a minute, which is that self-sacrificing, unconditional love. And so that is a high call that Paul is directing us to here, Mm -hmm. to really die to self and put others before you. And he actually says it in a way that I really like, Clarice, in Philippians, um, next book over, Philippians 2, verse 3. And I remember this one from college. Mm -hmm. I barely knew the Lord, but I knew what this verse was saying. (laughs) It said, do nothing out of selfish ambition Mm -hmm. or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. So Paul is extremely clear here that um, we're prioritizing others, whether that be believers or unbelievers, as better than ourselves. So it goes back to that conversation. We're not comparing to say, oh, I'm better than them. So I'm good. No, no, no. You're comparing to say, okay, what they need, what their priority is, is priority to me versus mine. And Clarice, the word that comes to mind with this is, intentional 
Like this effort to be unselfish is intentional and it is something that we need to continuously pray and ask the Lord to highlight for us. Mm-hmm. I think of an example last week I was studying in the book of first um, John and the study had asked, how have you sacrificially loved someone today? <laughs> or how have you intentionally put somebody above yourself? Essentially asking, have you been unselfish today? And mm-hmm. I'll be honest on that day. I couldn't think of an example. So uh, right. that was a little discouraging, so, but I was, had <laughs> no, no judgment. We'll pick yeah. up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's just be real. Mm-hmm. So I still had to go to the grocery store that day. And so, and you know, it was right at five o'clock. So it was packed and my, right. my natural would have been get in, get out, you know, get what I need. Everybody else get out of the way. And mm. the Lord so used that grocery trip. I mean, it's <laughs> such a small example, but you know, I was getting produce and they had no produce bags. And so I had to walk to the whole other side to get a couple bags, the exact number of bags I needed to get what I needed. Wow. And I saw this woman there also looking for a bag. I'm like, dang it, man, I'm going to have to uh, prioritize her. So <laughs> he prompted me to give away the bags I went to get. So she had some, Aww. you know, it's little things like that. We give that example to say, you've got to be intentional and look for opportunities throughout your day to be unselfish and to prioritize others above yourselves. You know, when we have people that live in our house with us, um, maybe a roommate or a family member or a spouse, you know, it's more in your face about, okay, I need to be unselfish. Mm-hmm. But even as you're just walking out your day at work, at school, wherever you may be, ask the Lord for that opportunity to be unselfish and to live as Paul's telling us here, humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one yeah. another. No, and I, th- I think that's awesome. And, you know, one thing um, our pastor, Pastor Hodges talked about this past Sunday was, you know, just that our vocation is our ministry location often. Mm-hmm. And how interesting, because, you know, he talks about how Paul, although he was writer, evangelist, speaker, um, imp- imprisoned for most of that, um, he was also a tent maker. So, you know, he mm. um, had opportunity outside of, you know, those ministry opportunities to um, see every place as a place of ministry and just to take responsibility for that. And I think oftentimes, you know, we think, oh, well, you know, at work, you know, I don't, it's not a place where I would minister, but if we're walking out humility, gentleness, patience, mm-hmm. even at work, I think you and I have shared this quote before in the past, but it's like, if you have to, um, if you want to preach, um, or something about if, um, dang, I'm going to mess it up. What is it? I think you know it. If you're, Uh, it's essentially saying if you're going to preach to other, you know, dang, now I'm going to mess it up. (laughs) But it's essentially saying preach the gospel and sometimes use words, meaning your actions should be preaching the gospel to those around you. If you need to actually Mm -hmm. verbalize it, do so, but your actions speak louder. Yes. And that's how being, thank you. That was such an assist. Oh, I got you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But that, that is in essence, you know, there's that life of just being unselfish and, and how we can really pour into other people and truly be ministers of God's love and his word um, through that, through our actions. That's true. And it brings me to um, a verse in first John, I told you guys, we were doing a study Mm -hmm. on that. So first John, Chapter three, verse 16 through 18 speaks to Clarice exactly what you just said. And it says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So again, unselfish. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Mm -hmm. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, 
but with actions and truth. So as Clarice just said, and this is John, so not Paul, but John, a different writer um, in the Bible, telling us that, you know, to be unselfish, to lay down our lives. And then if you have material possessions and you're not giving them away, how can the love of God be in you? You Meaning, you can't ever have good stuff. The Lord's absolutely okay if you have nice things. But what that is, it's that heart motive. If you see somebody in need and you have the means to meet that need, whether it be money, clothes, food, something of that nature, you know, that should draw our hearts. We should be called to that and not just be able to walk away from that easily. And that's what he's calling us. Love, Mm -hmm. not only in words and tongue, but in action and deed. So Clarice, great example from Pastor Hodges there. Mm -hmm. So that's unselfishness. So we talked about Mm -hmm. uniqueness and selfishness. The next thing Paul talks about in this section is unity in the body of Christ. Um, and unity is exactly what it sounds like a state of being united or joined as whole. Um, mm-hmm. So it's all these different parts. Clarice, I love how you read in first Corinthians 12, like there's the body has many parts, but they yeah. come together to function as one unit. And so that's this beautiful picture of uh, unity that we see. And so again, Ephesians four, three tells us to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Yeah. And so it starts off with every effort. So the same word that came up for unselfishness is comes up here and that's intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, unity is not necessarily going to happen naturally, but this intentional effort to keep the unity through that bond of peace. Um, I've heard the quote being said, Clarice, that if it costs you your peace, it costs too much. Like Absolutely. there is a high value on peace. Another verse about that. It's funny. I didn't realize these two were back to back. It's the <laughs> verse right before the one we just read in Philippians 2. Mm. Um, this one's Philippians 2 2. It says, Then make my joy complete by being like minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. Yeah. And I don't know if y'all have had this experience, Clarice. I think you and I had it when we met. But have you ever met a complete stranger, but you, re- <laughs> you recognize them? Um, mm-hmm. I know it sounds a little weird, but. When Clarice said earlier, you know, how we have Holy Spirit living in us, the same Holy Spirit that's in me, Cassie, also lives in Clarice. And so once I met her, there was a familiarity there, a unity already. And I didn't even know you. Absolutely. Well, and that's the unifying unifying presence because at the very end of the day, we know that our core is the same because you love Jesus. I love Jesus. We have Holy Spirit in us that aside from maybe differences in thought, opinion, upbringing, whatever, we know that our cores are united and there's something powerful about that. And I think this unity is all encompassing, whether it's, you know, husband, wife, whether it's, you know, coworker, whether it is team, whether it's, you know, you being part of the family unit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it's so neat to know that, through Holy Spirit, with this bond of peace, we can be truly on the same page. Absolutely. Paul directs us again in Romans, the book of Romans, mm-hmm. chapter 15, verses 5. He say, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow yeah. Christ Jesus, that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I like it here. It gives me some comfort that Again, I can go to the Lord and ask him for the spirit of unity. Here it says he gives 
you a spirit of unity among yourselves. So this isn't necessarily, while it's intentional effort, it's not effort that you have to make solely by yourself. Yeah. That the Lord is gracious and he wants this unity amongst his children. Think about Clarissa said family. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of you who have siblings or you're a parent of multiple children, like you want your kids to get along and be unified. (laughs) Um, And so God has the same desire for his children and he gives us a spirit of unity. And so we can ask for that. And Clarice, my last thought on this is Mm -hmm. as we're walking through this, you know, the first you was uniqueness, but the third is unity. So Mm -hmm. we are created for complete uniqueness, but yet to be totally unified. So just think about that guys, like in your uniqueness or your unique calling, you are to walk that out, but it's not to isolate yourself to be solo. Like, Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. You're the one who's called to do this. And God's created you alone to accomplish this calling. He gives you this unified body to walk it out together. And what a sweet, sweet God we have that does that. That's awesome. And that we just know we don't have to be, we're not living in silos and that um, we can walk things out with each other, which totally completely leads into the last you, which we wanted to talk about now is just this unconditional love Mm -hmm. and how cool it is to know that it's love without conditions. It's affection without any limitations and Jesus being the prototypical model for, um, you know, what he did, but it's because of who he is because God is love. Um, and we know that. And so in John, um, when Jesus was here walking on earth, he said to us, obviously then, them back then, but then to us today, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. And he says, by this, all people will know you are my d- disciples if you have love one for another. Mm. Um, and it's just so neat because, you know, you think of how um, this love is. And I know we've talked in one of our podcasts in the past just about this agape love and that this their love to which he's referring is this deepest kind of love it's this brotherly love it's this deep deep love um that we have and it's neat because if we go back um up one two verses right before we get into ephesians 4 the end of ephesians 3 in 18 and 19 it says you me and you me you cassie me clarice being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with fullness of God. And I, I love how this passage uses these words rooted and grounded. Cassie, you know, I'm super passionate about which words get picked (laughs) for scripture and just the word studies that we end up doing. But, um, Mm -hmm you know, rooted and grounded, it really means to strengthen with roots and to establish a person or a thing to be thoroughly grounded. Um, So if you get the picture of being strengthened with roots, you know, the depth to which um, a plant will be sustained and how big, it's just this infrastructure underneath the ground and this root system. Um, But it also means to lay that it also he's talking about laying as the foundation and you know, the beginning, the first principle. So knowing that we are rooted and grounded in love and that's what sustains us. That's what allows us, um, how he tells us, 
um, where he says bearing with one another in love, that bearing means to endure, to hold oneself erect and firm. And we couldn't do that if we didn't have this, these roots and, and this infrastructure in place. Um, you know, and so I think we talk about love in our culture. We talk about love in our society. Um, you know, we talk about um, just what that means to either society versus living out this agape love to which we're called. Um, you know, and one thing there is just knowing that, you know, unconditional not love is not always tolerance, though. Mm. Um, and going to Galatians 6, 1 and 2, it talks about if you read a little bit before in five, it kind of lists a lot, a, a lot of sins, you know, it talks about these transgressions and, you know, in Galatians six, one and two, it says, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, um, but also keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And it says, bear one another's burdens. So to fulfill the law of Christ, you know, which God says the new commandment, which is to love one another. So it also means to bear the burdens. Um, and so that's not to say then that, this in this unconditional love or in this state of unconditional love, anything goes. Um, that's not to the extent that we're called because again, we have very clear messages um, through the Bible about how we are to live our life. And there are certain things that we can do and there are certain things that we can't do. And as you're journeying through and going through this process of um, sanctification, you know, we get to read in different passages, the things that we definitely aren't called to do and that God specifically calls sin, you know, so it is, it's to, you know, yes, love unconditionally, but also know that, um, there are transgressions, there are transgressions, there are sins. And when, when we're in Galatians, he's talking about this, that, you know, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. That's nothing more than us through Holy spirit, you know, being led in how a conversation may go. You know, I think sometimes, um, you know, and I'm not necessarily judging them, but I'm just saying, you know, I think sometimes people screaming at sporting events on the corner about repent or you're going to hell, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying that that's not, they're not being spirit led, but there is sometimes a way in that spirit of gentleness to prod people to do that 180 shift, um, you know, and just loving someone unconditionally that, that image of bearing the burdens is just to, um, it means to kind of, it just take up and to put upon myself what you are carrying and to help you carry that load. Because Cassie, we know from God's word that we are going to go through some stuff and we are going to go through some temptations and some challenges and we're going to go through um, hard times in life. You know, we're not um, called away from that, but we're called to walk through that in how Christ calls us. Um, but that's how we really show this unconditional love is I can call Cassie and I could be like, Cassie, I am struggling with this mm -hmm. or this happened in my, in my world. Can you just pray with me? Or this is a sin that I keep going back to. Can you just help pray, um, pray me through this? Because if I don't get strength from heaven, I'm not going to make it, <laughs> you know? And I, and I think that's the vision of this unconditional love that, that we see. I would agree with that. And that goes back, you know, we have unity in the body of Christ and then this love for one another. So if you see a brother struggling that you can bear up with them 
and join in. And Clarice, I like what you said, because I think it's so key, especially in today's culture, to say it, that you can love and disagree. Yeah. Like, just because I love somebody that I'm showing this unconditional agape love doesn't mean I always agree with everything everybody does that I'm loving, Um, whether it be a fellow believer or an unbeliever. You know, Christ is our best example of that, as Clarice said, of he walked out in perfect love, but he 100% did not agree and encourage every behavior that was going on around him. And so that is our calling. And as John said in chapter 13, that by this, people will know you're my disciples. Yeah. If you have love, love for one another, this type of love stands out. This type mm-hmm. of love is what people are seeking. They're yeah. wanting to find this. This is attractive to people there. It draws them unto Christ. Clarice here example, not that there's not a place for repentance and that strong preaching, but right. it's common that what draws people to Christ is this type of love here. And it's through mm-hmm. him loving us in this way that the transformation comes and we become more and more like him. And we begin to say the word and follow his teachings because we see even the quote rules of the Bible come from a place of love, of protection of what's best for us. And so Clarice, that's a whole nother can of worms that we do in a different (laughs) podcast, but I appreciate you unpacking that final you of the four you's today and the unconditional love and how that is our foundation and our root system. Well, awesome. Well, Cassie, thank you for the time that you were able to spend with us today and for us to be able to do this today. Um, would love for you to close us in prayer. Yeah, I would, I'd be honored to. So, Lord, thank you so much for today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for, um, for Paul for writing so much mm-hmm. of the New Testaments for the radical transformation you did in his life and how through his word that was inspired by you and Holy Spirit, Um, that we can apply this to our day-to-day life, Father, these four U's of how we're walking out this life worthy of the calling, that we understand our uniqueness in you and that we don't fall um, prey to that temptation to just conform, Father, but may we all be strengthened and have that courage to be to be unique and to be transformed by your word by the renewing of our mind father for unselfishness help draw our minds and our attention and awareness to being unselfish putting others needs before us as you've directed us in your word father that we may be unselfish with our time with our money with our effort Father, that we recognize that day-to-day life is not about me and what's best for me. Father, no, it's about walking out and showing others um, your love. Father, the unity. Father, thank you for creating a uniqueness in your body, but it's a body of unity. And Father, that spirit that's in me is in Clarice and in each believer that is listening to this podcast right now, Father, that we have unity through your spirit and that you give that. The word said that you give that. So, Father, we ask for unity for each of us here Father, in our circles that we're walking out as with fellow believers, Father, we come against disunity, arguments, um, separation, division. Father, I've seen it too often, division in the body, and that's just the work of the enemy. So, Father, thank you for your way, your way of unity that supersedes all others, and that is the way that we are to walk it out. And then finally, Father, thank you for teaching us what unconditional love is. Father, first and foremost, you are this love, and you have poured it out on each of us listening. So Father, I pray for every person listening to have an understanding, a revelation of 
your unconditional agape love, that it's not the love that we see on the TV nowadays, on social media, etc. Yeah. Father, this is a unique, standout, sacrificial type of love. And it starts with you. You love us this way. And then you teach us how to go out and love others this way. And that's how people will recognize that we are Christians. It's by this love. And that's what draws people unto you. And Father, that is our ultimate calling, the Great Commission, to go out and preach the gospel. And as we said earlier, if necessary, use words, but mm-hmm. primarily Lord, by walking out this calling that you have called us to. And father, I just thank you for every person listening. Father, I pray your strength over them, your peace over them. Father, as they walk out their day, knowing that they are equipped with everything they need to walk out this calling that you have called each of them to. We love you so much, Jesus. We thank you for who you are and what you've done in each of our lives. And it's in your wonderful name. We pray. Amen.